on today's episode of The Fizz, we talk about how the Detroit Lions are 4-1. The last time the Lions were 4-1, it was 1991. What was going on in the world in October of 1991? Well, we take a look back and we discuss it. After that, we jump into the NHL and our Detroit Red Wings preview because hockey is back, baby. After that, we play a game designed by our very own Channy Football where we guess the prices of the most popular Halloween items of this year. After that, we talk about the NFL, look ahead to week six, and how the Detroit Lions are America's game of the week, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We then make some betting picks and close with a little over under. But before we do all that, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Vosa, Michigan-made, ready-to-drink vodka Highline. It is a vodka with natural flavors and sparkling water, and it is 7% alcohol by volume. The Vosa Highline is lightly carbonated. It uses premium vodka, natural fruit juice, 0% preservatives. It is gluten-free, and like I said, it does have that higher alcohol volume. They do have a vodka water, which is a little bit lighter, a little bit less sweet. But if you are looking for a little more sweetness, you got to give the Vosa Highline a try. They have lemon, they have peach, they have a pineapple, they have a bunch of flavors. Go give them a shot and find which one is your flavor. Personally for me, I'm a big lemon fan. That's the one I tend to go towards. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. But now... Let's get into the fizz. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. We are recording late night Wednesday, October 11th. I am with the main men, Ice Cold Brew Lou. How we doing, Lou? Doing good, baby. Ready to rock and roll this Wednesday evening. Yes, sir. And we got Chanty Football with us as well, who just fought like a dog to get through some technical difficulties. But we're here, no man left behind, and we're recording. How we doing, Chanty? I'm blowing down Apple's doors tomorrow or blowing up Google's phones, one of the two. Um, yeah, absolute dogfight you just had that you just went through. Very frustrating, but you know what? We're a gritty show and it goes on and we're not leaving men behind. So glad we were able to kind of figure it out. And here we are. There we are. We're ready to roll because we got a nice packed show this week. Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, exciting, exciting times here in Detroit, it's been so long uh, since we've had this much excitement going on. Lions are a top five football team. The Wings are fucking dropping puck this week. Playoff baseball is going on. Lot happening. Excited to jump into all of it. Yeah, because what wasn't it last time that the Lions were four and one? It was like 1991 or something like that. 1991, exactly correct. Um, and what I thought was interesting, we were talking about it, Chan, is the, uh, it's like the last time they were, what was it? What did we put together that we were at one point were 5-0 and in 2011? 5-0, yes, in 2011, we started off 5-0, and actually. 
That's crazy. Uh, was that the year we lost to New Orleans in, in the yeah, wild Yeah, we card? got fucking smoked by New Orleans that year. Yeah, like not even close at all. Or was it close like until half and then they beat the doors off of us? Yeah, it was somewhat close. I think it was a high-scoring game. If I remember, I thought Breeze torched us. But from what I remember, Calvin had a pretty good game that year. I think Calvin went for like 200 yards. I think he was like the only one doing anything, if I remember that game correctly. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. That was the time period where if you went to the Superdome, like you weren't coming out with the W. Like you were just done at that point. Right. Right. Um, cool. Well, yeah. So right now, Lions are four and one, first time since 1991. Uh, and we wanted to, we actually got an email from a fan, Fizz fan, longtime fan, dedicated fan. His name is Chris. Uh, and he said, I think you guys should talk about the last time they got the Lions were four and one and what was going on in the world during that time. And I was like, that's a fucking fantastic idea. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to kick off the show with listener Chris's idea. So uh, I got a few things on the list here that are kind of sports related. So I'll start with a few things I got and then I'll just, we'll just kind of throw it around. Um, 1991, huge event, January 16th, uh, big deal right at the start of the year. I was born. So that was a very <laughs> big thing. That Forgetful happened day. <laughs> Late to the party. <laughs> yeah. I was already shitting my pants by then, buddy. <laughs> yep. Yep. You old fucks. Uh, yeah. So I just snuck into 91 there. Uh, but I went even more specific and I looked at like October of 91. Cause that's when the lions were four and one. Uh, so in October of that year, the tigers, uh, finished third place in the AL East. How wild is that? Forgot that they were wow. in the AL East. Yeah. They were I didn't like, remember that either. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we were both, we were all shitting in diapers at that time. So if, you did, if you did remember it, you'd be a hell of a sports fan. Uh, October 12th, 1991, Mariah Carey's song Emotions hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, making her the first artist to have her first five consecutive singles reach number one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mariah Carey was at the top of the world. Um, October 6th. 1991 the Orioles played their last game at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium and who did they play your AL East Detroit Tigers wow okay wow. yep um and then more specifically just of what teams were doing that year the Wings in 91 won the the 91-92 season they won the Norris division. Iserman put up put up over a hundred points. So those were the uh that's what I had for my ninety-one look back. Yeah, I had a couple different things on my ninety-one. The one that kind of jumped out at me was Summertime came out, the song with uh who we thought or who we now know as Will Smith, but at that point in time was the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Wow. I, I was a little more surprised that Will Smith has been around um, he's been around 30 plus years now and he's making headlines for different reasons now, but that shocked me more than that song actually coming out then was just how long Will Smith has actually been around uh, and on the scene. So that was a big one yeah. for me. And relevant uh, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's been in the spotlight for, for quite some time. now. So that was something that I saw in 91 
the other thing that happened in 91 was it ended the bad boy era. So that's when it started to officially turn over out of back-to-back championships and kind of turn over to Jordan and the East at that point in time. So that was another note that I had about 1991. Um, and other than that, 72, or excuse me, 63 cents for a gallon of gas in 1991. Good times. Good times. <laughs> I remember driving around back then, filling up. Yeah. Fucking incredible, dude. You didn't have to wear a seatbelt either. <laughs> and the cars had fucking ashtrays. That's what I remember. Oh. Amen. Amen, Amen to that. Yeah. And That's uh, sweet, couple... sweet secondhand smoke. <laughs> Did you have anything else, Chandler? Was that it for your 91s? That's it. That's it. Yeah. So a, a couple notes that I had was final year of the Cold War, if we're looking a little uh, globally, uh, pretty big course. deal. And mm-hmm. the end of the Persian Gulf War as well. Good. So pretty important stuff. Um, so let me ask you guys, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So I wrote down a couple of films, uh, a couple of TV shows and a couple of songs that came out out of these four films, which one would you say was your favorite? So I think I know Chandler's already, cause we were kind of talking about this as of recent, but number one being Terminator two judgment day, number two, home alone came out in 91. Number three, Silence of the Lambs and oh. number four, The Adams Family. Oh, no way. So I can only pick one. You only can pick one. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I have to say this I love Terminator 2. I just watched it recently, like you had alluded to, but I got to go with Home Alone. Home Alone is an absolute classic. Kevin McAllister just turned my childhood in a different direction. I thought. You could do so much shit when you turned eight or nine years old. <laughs> that guy uh, was I an engineer go- beyond his time, dude. <laughs> just, in, just, just absolute incredible stuff. Just Looney Tune type traps, man. Like, how do you do it? I thought, I thought one of the. Uh, I'm gonna go with Home Alone too, because honestly, Home oh, Alone okay. as well. Because it's, it's honestly the movie I know uh the best and like it's always on at christmas so i always feel like i kind of like refresh with it every year i I haven't seen terminator 2 in a long time silence of the lambs probably like i don't think i've seen since i was like probably too young to see that movie right and uh and then the adams family i mean that's a classic like i watched the wednesday show you know it's a staple but that movie itself doesn't stick out to me i mean the brand of like the adams family does but um what I was going to say for Home Alone, I think like one of the hottest moves that's like not talked about a lot of, of like one of the things he did to keep the robbers out of the house was like night one when he threw that big fake party with all the, the fake cutouts and everything. And he's <laughs> he just absolutely strings bo- in the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of them, one of them's like Michael Jordan, like spinning around. And I was like, oh, OK, nice. That was a good that was a good uh, little way to delay it for a day. And then he had to, you know, brute force him. <laughs> Hell yeah, I I would agree. My I mean I I think I'm gonna pick Terminator two, but Home Alone is, is right up there. I mean all all four of those are are hot flicks. But uh, moving on to TV shows, so not so here we got Home Improvement came out in '91, Doug came out in '91, as well as Ren and Stimpy aired in '91. Wow, I mean historically, obviously Home Improvement hits here locally really hard. Tim Allen, great show. 
Um, for me, though, Doug was an absolute staple of my of my childhood. Patty Mayonnaise, Roger Klotz, Doug Funny, banging on a trash can, drumming on a street light. That show was an absolute classic. Yeah, Doug Doug rocked. Doug Doug was interesting because it went from like Nickelodeon to Disney, and Nickelodeon Doug was a lot better than Disney Doug. Ten oh, X. Yeah, 10X, right? Uh, a couple of names from Doug that weren't mentioned from Chandler. He did a great job, but you got to shout out Porkchop, uh, his dog. Goaded uh, dog name. Absolute awesome name. Skeeter, his fucking boy. I don't think you mentioned him. He rocked. He was like teal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a Martian. Yeah, you said, you said Roger Klotz. Oh, got to shout out arguably one of the top cartoon bands of all time, the fucking Beats, with their yep. number one hit, Killer Tofu. <laughs> oh, yeah. That I'm with fucking you guys, sh- Doug, all day. Yeah, that show fucking rocked. But I, also Home Improvement, like, was really awesome. It was cool that it was, like, Detroit local. You had, uh, you know, the tool man, Alan. He was always fucking ripping on Alan. He had the hot chick on the show. I think Grant Hill was on that show. Um and there's actually they there's like a documentary or like at one point that show is so big that like all of the stars were making like a million dollars an episode or or he was it was like the most a person that had ever made at that time per episode um so just crazy stuff and then they had like a little bit of a fallout like one of the one of the boys like got like too famous and didn't want to do the reunion or didn't want to do the show anymore he was like a pretty boy check it out it's kind of interesting Oh, cool! I'm in shock about Doug going to Disney. Like, that's like Jordan on the Wizards. Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't right. It just doesn't look right. And then Ren and Stimpy, dude. That show was like that show was kind of dirty. That show had had a little bit of under undertow on it. Yeah, that was a precursor to like South Park. Like, it bridged the gap. Yeah, it was. It was like borderline inappropriate. It was kind of like potty humor, like. Yeah, crack a little bit. Like I think there was an episode, if I'm remembering correctly, of like Ren and or Stimpy, like they like fart, and he tries to like follow his fart around town, and he like can't, <laughs> he like can't catch his his fart. I feel like he was always I'm... shaving his ass too. Ren <laughs> <laughs> was like the rat, right? And Stimpy was like the red thing, right? They both were like rats so to me. Great, one was yeah. like a rat dog, and one was like just a regular dog, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I was asking you guys. I think but, I think you're right, Frank. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, dude, Ren was like fucking maniacal. The the tan one, the little like skinny rat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good All right, times. and then and then real quick, I'll hit you guys with a couple music ones. Just three. Uh, good by good vibrations. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch came out. Smells like Teen Spirit, Nirvana, all-time classic, still a banger. And uh, Give It Away, Red Hot Chili Peppers also came out then. And OPP, Naughty by Nature. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know Teen Spirit was that old, to be honest. I thought that was like 95. If you would have asked me, I would have guessed like 95. Yeah, well, that was 91. That's a Naked Baby album cover, right? Yep. Reach yeah. for the dollar. And that oh, yeah. was the last time the Lions were four and one. Yeah. 
Let's wow. put a bow on that. <laughs> That's so it's fucking insane. nuts. Yeah. That's the crazier part. <laughs> We've been so bad. Yeah, that's Relish so every nuts. minute. Like four and one's not that fucking crazy. Bad teams <laughs> fall into four and one every once in a while. We haven't done it in our whole fucking life. This is like the first time we've seen four and one since 90, 1991. Jesus. Yeah, it's not good. Man. Not great. The good, the good news is this, boys. We're minus 900 on MGM Grand right now to make the playoffs. We're a mortal. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it yet. Yeah. (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy. Not yet. When Baker drops half a unit on us on Sunday. (laughs) Not his full unit. All right, money. 1991. A lot of shit going on. Lions 4-1. and Sounds like better times. But we're in the present, and we're going to deviate from that for a second. We're going to talk about the NHL dropping puck this week, Red Wings dropping puck this week. I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. Uh, I believe we're in for an optimistic year. But before we do a Red Wings uh, peek in, I kind of want to just talk about the NHL opening up last night and kind of like – a uh, few things to to note here, just about how like they're presenting the NHL, how it's like being branded. Uh, so basically, like number one on the list, like my God, the Connor Bedard love is just oh my already God. already He's like a Kardashian of NHL. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. I mean, you're watching. I'm watching highlight reels, highlight reels, quote unquote, on uh, you know Twitter and shit of just like nice passes he had like they're going nuts that he had an assist like obviously they won and it's just you're just watching you know the second coming of of marketing wise of of Sidney Crosby enter the league and it's on the Chicago Blackhawks which just fucking sucks awful yeah. dude and and what did he do did he, didn't he I, I didn't really watch much of the game but didn't he have like either double-digit shots on goals or double-digit attempted shots on goals yesterday? Like, he yeah, was just he, trying to jam it down their throat? He did. I don't he know did. Yeah, he did. I was actually going to mention something about that, too, from a betting standpoint. He was minus 110 today to have four shots on goal. So he had five yesterday, but he had 11 attempts and seven in the first period alone. So if you want to make <laughs> some money this season – Put your fucking money on the over of Connor Bernard's shots. If it's at three or four, even five, like I feel like that's free. He is absolutely firing the puck at the net. I will say from a hockey standpoint, I'm a huge pucks on net guy. Fuck the extra pass. Just put it on net. That's where the that's where goals are scored. Um, you know, I'm not really skilled enough to find the next guy half the time. So I just get my little shitty shot on net and hope something happens. Um, so I actually respect that out of Connor, but I think it's fucking nuts. That whole thing you just mentioned, uh, Pizzo, is just like, when was the last time we had a conversation about a player in the NHL and, like, how many shot attempts he's fucking taking? Like, that's wild. I don't think ever, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I never. I didn't even know that was a bet that was offered, man. Yeah. That's oh, it's nuts. on there. <laughs> nuts. Dude, the other thing, thing I thought that was kind of nuts about the, the Chicago game, <laughs> not Bedard-related, is fucking Corey Perry's an assistant captain on the Blackhawks now. Dude, that guy's yes. 38 years old journeyman. 
Yes. The original Dude. rat. I was like high the other day, like looking at NHL rosters and stuff, and my brain like split in half. I was like, Corey Perry. Like I just like on the Blackhawks, I had no clue that he was there. And it just kind of like threw me through a fucking loop. Yeah, I thought he's that was a great, wild. he's gritty though. He like he doesn't is, fuck around. No, he's he's like the guy you fucking hate if he's on the other team, but if he's on your team, you fucking love him, dude. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He's always been a pest. Um, more nutsness from the NHL. I thought it was insane Vegas's uh banner raising ceremony. Uh I don't know if you guys saw it. I did. The slot Fucking... machine. Yes. Okay. Well, the slot machine. <laughs> slot machine was like jumping the shark. Like even before that, he paraded around the ice with the Stanley Cup. Like they won it that night. Like I've never seen that, dude. Normally, like it's there. But it's like they're saying goodbye to it, raising the banner, getting the ring. Like Stone took it and like did like the fucking sellied it all around the rink. And I was just like, I mean, I guess whatever. I don't know. I didn't like it. It was like, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Season's over. Like you don't, you know, I guess you have it until someone else wins it. But I just thought that was like crazy. And then when they did the slot machine, if you guys did like, you know, people listening, like if you didn't see it, like they wheeled out this fucking comically big slot machine they had stone pull the slot lever down and then of course it rang up like three stanley cups and then like all this fucking light started going off i mean it was really vegas it just was like what the what the fuck you know it was just nuts yeah it was it was a it was a vegas spectacle that's for sure and honestly dude like they don't look like they're losing any steam they have the second best or third best odds to make the playoffs again this year like that team is a fucking wagon yeah, uh, that's like that might be the team that's just like toss a little money line every night, and you're gonna end up you're gonna end up on top, you know, eventually. Especially when they hit like a eleven game winning streak or something like that. Yep, you get a little late night special with them too. If you're up late, you want to catch a little action at midnight. Oh, you got the Vegas Knights, my boy. Yeah, a little late <laughs> night treat, a little expansion. Hell yeah. Mm. Um. More more asinine shit that the NHL did. And I don't know if I'm we're just getting older or like I just the before the the puck dropped, uh for I think it was the Pens or what was it the Vegas game? I'm I'm not remembering now, but the 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 ref was mic'd up and said like welcome to the you yeah. know 2023 NHL season. This will be electric. They made that fucking guy say that. And then he like <laughs> drops the puck. Like what? <laughs> Like, just don't make the ref say this is going to be electric. Just, like, let the electricity be the electricity. Don't have, like, the fucking ref say it, of all people. At least have, like, the mascot fucking mumble it or something. Like, I don't know. I thought it was just so fucking corny. And sometimes the NHL just tries so hard to be cool. And it's like, yeah. just was, it worse? was it worse than when the ref, like, introduced the Super Bowl in Los Angeles? Uh, no that was still worse <laughs> that was god awful oh my yeah, god just that appeared was... at like the 30 yard line and just started like announcing like it was a live theatrical event yeah just like do less like we're here for the sport we don't need the right. rock or the ref or i don't know fucking weird yeah, they did a little suck-off session with the ref when it, it was Crosby and Bedard at the face-off line. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like, Sid, welcome back for another year. And Connor, welcome yeah, to the show. Right. <laughs> yes. 
fucking Frank, cute. you want a picture of that puck drop? Yeah. <laughs> you can put it right up in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do fucking Frank's sit-ups two to favorite it. athletes. Yeah, and my two favorite teams. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck that. Welcome back, Fuck NHL, them. though, dude. Let's go. Yeah. We're yeah, happy we're about that. We're just dragging it. We're just <laughs> trashing the NHL. <laughs> um... And then, like, the last thing, because I got to just talk about it, because there's just uproar everywhere. And, like, the NHL just can't get out of their own way. Like, like it or not, agree with it or not, like, I just don't understand why they banned the Pride tape. Like, they banned it. Like, banned it. They, they It was never a requirement that they had to do the Pride tape on Pride nights or special events or anything. Um, but in warm-ups, they would let you have whatever tape you wanted, because it's warm-ups. Who gives a shit? And they banned it, like completely, just banned pride. I didn't tape. Even see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, big, big uproar! Uh, because the slogan is "Hockey is for everyone," and then you go and ban pride tape. And I just, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I just don't get it. Like, why are you banning something that like is completely optional and is not bothering literally fucking anybody? Um, and just to like do that, I just thought was like, God, like get out of your own way. Like you're just crazy. I thought last year at one point one player didn't want to wear like a patch on yeah, his that was jersey. The guy on the and the, flyers. Yeah, didn't the NHL say something to him about it? And now they're just banning you well, wearing it. Like they that, pivoted that hard. That's the whole thing. Is like there's been a lot of players who have like refused to wear the pride jerseys in warmups. And by a lot, I mean like I don't know, no more I than think 10. a handful. Yeah, yeah, like ten is probably on the higher side. But there are a few guys who like don't want to wear the you know the the pride jerseys, don't want to do the pride tape, don't want to participate in pride nights, and like some organizations have pushed back and said like, well then you got to play or you got to sit out or whatever, and then other ones have just let them like do what they want to do. But like this was so like a leave it alone situation, like to outright ban colorful tape is just fucking stupid. Like in 2023 i don't know yeah and when your slogan's hockey's for everyone it just doesn't you know don't look it's great. just unnecessary attention why are you doing that i know and they did it like they snuck it in like in the chaos of opening night like it yeah. just yeah it was like the week of opening night they banned it so nhl's fucking wow. stupid and gary batman's time is just like so overdue it's it's unbelievable my my um, other question, real quick, before we move on from NHL, is when do they when are they going to start doing like the frozen frenzy thing thing with like how they're doing like how they do NFL uh, red zone, but they're doing it for the NHL now? Like when does all that start off? Yeah, I feel like we didn't talk about that. NHL de- debuting frozen frenzy on October twenty fourth. Oh sweet, okay, I'm I'm jacked for that. I'm interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, Tuesday, October twenty fourth. We should definitely be at HQ for that. And watch and, that. That'll that'll be a blast. And is that Butchergrass that's heading that? Yeah, Bucci. Bucci. I don't know about the name though, dude. I think they need a Frozen Frenzy's a fucking shit name. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what you need to call it, but Frozen Frenzy, I guess, is okay. But no, it, it could sucks. be. I hate it. Yeah, I don't like it that much either. Yeah. And Butchergrass is going to be so like corny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I mean, he's kind of the OG, like of hockey at ESPN, but they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's what I mean. At least they're like doing something, you know, love that. Yeah. But we don't want to skip over two OGs at ESPN. The big news yesterday for casuals like me, Barry Melrose, um, announcing that he's retiring from ESPN. 
look, sounds like he's battling Parkinson's right now. So he wants to be with his family, but um, he's been a staple and he's really pushed hockey for what? Almost three decades now on ESPN. I mean, I know he was a coach prior to that, but um, it's going to be weird not seeing Barry Melrose because for most of our lives, he's been one of the lead color slash announcers on ESPN for hockey coverage. Yeah, that was heartbreaking when I read that on Twitter the other or X the other day. An absolute fucking do I dare say it jug in the game. <laughs> yeah, Barry, man, feel bad for him. I mean, to say the least. I mean, that's just heartbreaking. Uh, you never like to hear anybody with with that condition. And yeah, he's been ESPN's go to guy for a while. Uh, you know, he coached. I think was pretty bad at it. Then hit the booth again. Then got hired as a coach. Was even worse at it. Um, and then went back to the booth again. Um, so I think he's just a booth guy. You know what I mean? Barry Melrose. Uh, thinking about you, man. Yeah. Sorry you're going through that. Um, Get well, Barry. Yes, sir. Um, and he also was very adamant. I just will never forget him. Like, sit looking into the camera before Game Seven, Red Wings, Penguins, and just being like. I will be absolutely floored and shocked if the Red Wings do not win game seven at Joe Louis Arena. And then they fucking lost. So I don't know why <laughs> that memory always sticks out to me. But I just remember like looking into Barry Melrose's soul, like, I agree, bud. There's no way we're fucking losing I'm with this you. game. We are a jug and yeah. we lost. <laughs> um Red Wings. Quick Red Wings look look ahead, preview thoughts. So Red Wings cut down the final roster this week, which is big news for a rebuilding franchise. Who's going to make it? Who's not? Who's in? Who's out? Um, so the Wings' final cuts, the big names that we want to look at is here is Soderblom, Edvinson, Bergeron, and Danielson. So Danielson is the 19-year-old we just drafted. I've been raving about him. Connor Bedard's good buddy. Uh, realistically, there wasn't much of an avenue for him to make the team this year. Uh, I don't think even if he was even more spectacular than he was, that he would have found his way onto this roster. So he heads back to his WHL team for more development. The guy is 19 years old. Um, he may find some time up here, but for right now, he's sent back down. Soderblom is our 6'8" fucking monster of a forward that the wings have. He actually scored the first goal of the NHL, the Red Wings season last year. Uh, right now, like to boil it down, like he just needs more work and development. Like he is, they can't figure out his game right now. He's absolute monster. He's gigantic, but he has like really good hands, but he's not really getting in the corners or using his body as much as they want him to. So it's one of those situations where I think they truly just want to develop his game more in Grand Rapids. So Soderblom didn't make the cut again. And then the last two here is what Red Wing fans, I think, have them really pissed off um, and angry and upset. Um, and you guys know me. Like, I'm just trusting it, believing in it. So I'm not, I'm not too upset about this. Uh, we signed a ton of guys in the offseason. But, like, Red Wing's Twitter, the ones who are all pissed off and pissy, is because of these two guys. And that's, that's Bergren, who played – uh 67 games with the wings last year he put up like 28 points he became a fan favorite they're calling him johnny burgers um he added scoring and he added um offense to the team 
But he didn't make the team this year, and head coach Lalonde made a comment about, you know, when we had Johnny Burgers up last year, he added, an, he added an element that we didn't have. And what that says to me is that we were lacking offense, which is absolutely true. Yep. But now we've signed Alex DeBrinkett, we've signed Sprong, and Robbie Fabry is healthy. So to me, this is just saying we have the offense we need um, and Bergeron wasn't going to play on the fourth line as a grinder or anything like that. So he, I think he's just an offensive weapon that uh, doesn't fit in right now with the more veteran experience contracts that they have. But I mean, it is kind of wild. He played 67 games for us last year. It's, you know, it's, it's almost That's a full a season. Right. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. are all these guys going to play in Grand Rapids together? I know you mentioned Danielson would go down to the WHL. I, I don't know how hockey works because I know Casper's from a different country. Like, do all these guys come and play on Grand Rapids and they'll start getting chemistry? Or are they still so young that they're going to play for their developmental teams, universities, et cetera, et cetera? So everyone I just named uh, is going to go to Grand Rapids, except okay. Danielson. He goes back to the, the Braden Wheat Kings. Um, and the specifics on all of that, I don't know it, like down to the – like, you know, I don't know the exact rules, but it is like something along, you know, those lines of just their age and time in the NHL and contract and all that. Gotcha. Um, and then last guy I do want to talk about, though, is Edvinson. He's our absolute monster jug of a defenseman. Like, I can't wait for him to be an everyday Red Wing. I think everyone can't wait. Uh, you know, Eiserman always says, like, if you're good enough, I'll find a spot for you. Like, I don't really edge people out based on contracts or age or anything like that. It's hard for me to kind of believe that's what happened with this one. Uh, the Wings have a lot of veteran defensemen that they signed this year. Goss Spare, Hall, um, you know, Mata's got a spot. Uh, it's just like there's, we, we, have, we have a lot of defensemen, and Edmondson kind of just seemed like the younger odd man out. Um, so he gets sent down to Grand Rapids, and people are, are pretty pissed about it, but – I think he'll be up sooner than anyone thinks. Oh, we signed Petrie too. Like Lalonde always carries seven defensemen uh, and we got some old guys and it's an 82 game season and we're in the toughest division. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get banged up. Edvinson's going to get his minutes this year. Everyone just needs to like, you know, not pee their pants because he's not going to be there opening night in New Jersey. So that, yeah, that is what I would say is uh, the biggest like roster moves right now. That's pissing everybody off. So he's not going to be there opening night in New Jersey. Are you going to be there opening night Saturday against Tampa Bay? I think I cut out there. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I don't know yet. I'm TBD in that one. I don't think I'll be at the game. I may be like down there bouncing around, but I don't, I don't think I have plans to go to the game yet. Are you guys going? I will not be attending the game on Saturday. I will be there next Wednesday versus the Penguins, though. Oh, nice. You go wearing your Crosby jersey? Yeah, I'll wear my fucking Crosby <laughs> jersey, you fucking plug. He's going to get his Crosby Bedard picture signed by Crosby. <laughs> yeah, these are good jokes. You guys uh, cuddle up before and write these together? They're good. No, these are uh, actually from the hip. Oh, good. Is that, yeah. you, uh, is that why you had to take an hour to fucking look these jokes up <laughs> before we get started tonight? Yeah, I was hammering yeah. it out there. Yeah, I bet you were. Uh, Are you wearing your Harvard sweater, Channy? 
Dude. That's right, baby. I changed out of mine like one, like <laughs> right before this started. If we both popped on with the Harvard sweater, two idiots from state, that would have been pretty damn good. Spider Man. <laughs> looking at each other oh yeah oh yeah i didn't get it i didn't get it yeah, I, was like, I was like jesus he's high tonight no, oh no. yeah no. Um, um, should be... go, go ahead. ahead no i was just gonna say too like i i am jacked up for for our first line with the brinket larkin and and peron um i think that you know, Cider is, is due up for a big year. He, I, I feel like he didn't have a great season last season after having such a great rookie year. Um, and look for a big season from, from Raymond, too. He came on late in the season. We need goals from him. We need goals from Rasmussen, guys like that, to really step up and, and Larkin to lead this team to, uh, to get us to the playoffs. Because right now they're only giving the Wings about a 20% chance of making the playoffs. That's uh, yeah, what getting, I saw. We're getting no respect. Um, at all and yeah dude I'm everything you just said curious to see how Raymond does now he's all beefed up he's like bigger now he's like he's like a truck he's not a truck or a but he's, jug he's, all, he's, he's stock he, he's stocked he's up for sure yeah, yeah yeah he is agree uh curious to see how Larkin is when he's not chasing a bag I you know I hate to say it but you know I want to see if he has that same fire under him uh now that he has a big nice cushy contract um you know, and we'll see, like we added depth at goaltending, which I think is going to be very helpful. We're carrying three goaltenders right now. Um, so I, I think we're a better team, offense, defense, goaltending all around. I think a lot of people are just bored. You know, we don't have a Connor Bedard coming in. We don't have like a Kale McCarr. Like we don't have these guys, you know, we signed a lot of like more boring vets. Um, but the roster is better. So my prediction, 42 and 30, 42, 31 and nine, 93 points. That'll put us fourth ish in the Atlantic, seventh overall in the East, seventh seed Detroit Red Wings. That's per preseason prediction for me. Okay. That feels pretty good. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say we're going to get to, you said 42 wins. I think we get to 45 wins this year. Give me 45 um I, i'll tell you what though this uh, the opener tomorrow not our home opener but versus the devils i mean that team is an absolute jug i think they had the third most points in the nhl last year going up against hughes dougie hamilton hishler um and they added uh tyler toffley i believe from calgary and now yep. so they they only got better i think we're like plus 215 going into that one Dude, yeah, uh, Devils are minus 260 money line, which is yeah. actually fucking crazy for an NHL hockey game. Like, you, the value is actually so much that, like, you might as well take the wings. <laughs> well, we were going to anyway, but yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk value and make it sound good, but yes, yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I'm taking wings for sure. Goal scorer tomorrow. Let's let's just do it. Alex Debrinkit, welcome to Detroit. He's burying versus the Devils. Amen. Cool. A Detroit W, a playoff berth, and a Debrinket goal is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. That's awesome. It. I parlay all that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, I'm going to lean on you guys for that. I wouldn't know a prediction from my head to my ass in hockey because I don't know half the teams in the league, really. So, with you that, learn. I'm going to learn. I will learn. I will learn. But I want to talk about the – Baseball playoffs. So we're now 
about halfway through the second round. A um, little bit of a surprising second round. So it's it's kind of funny to see the teams that were better but got time off are kind of getting rolled right now. You saw the Orioles, who had a bye, get swept by the Rangers, who I believe, Frank, that was your World Series was Rangers-Phillies, if I remember correctly. Rangers 5-0 and in the playoffs, sweeping the Orioles. You also have the Dodgers up on the ropes, down 2 nothing. actually about to have first pitch here shortly against the Diamondbacks, who are one of the surprising teams in the playoffs. And then um, right now, currently, Astros beating the Twins. It looks like that might be the only higher seed to advance out of this division series round. The last series, the most entertaining series, the best series, in my opinion, so far, Phillies-Braves. I know me and Frank had Phillies in the World Series. Pizzo, didn't you have them in the World Series, too? No, I had Braves. You had the Braves. I had Braves in uh, Texas, I believe, was my other one. Pizzo in Texas, though. Yeah, Yeah. Braves and Rangers. So so our consensus was Texas-Philly, and that's looking pretty good right now. So um, it's just, again, you usually think that rest is good. In this case, it's been bad. Um, Hasn't been great series. We saw... All four wildcard series were a sweep. Two are heading towards a sweep in this division series. And one of the series, the, the Astros-Twins, there was one good game. So have you guys been watching it? I watched highlights of – I haven't been sitting down and watching each game, but I have watched highlights of the Braves-Philly series. And the play that ended for the Braves' win, I don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago – it was Cassiano's shot through the gap. Um, that was fucking electric. All around yes. peak October playoff baseball. Um, if anybody didn't see it, Cassiano's ripped one up the fucking gap. It looked like, at the very least, it was going to go off the wall. At very most, it could have been a home run. Um, center fielder for the Braves makes an absolutely fantastic catch. Kind of sporadically throws the ball in. Um, was it his throw or was it the cutoff throw that got by the relay either way ended up rolling to the middle of the infield with Harper, who was going 100 miles an hour as soon as the ball was hit (laughs) to try to score. Um, and they were able to double him up, but the way they were able to double, double him up rocked because the throw in was an underthrow, overthrow, whatever you want to call it. And it was rolled. He picked it up, shot it over to first double up game over series tied. That was sick. Yeah, no, I'll be honest with you. I have not been watching too much playoff baseball, so you uh, you guys take the take the lead on this one. Yeah, so nothing too exciting so far. I think Frank described probably the best moment so far and the biggest highlight of these playoffs, but we'll see what happens. Um, there's good teams left. Astros-Rangers is going to be an awesome championship series that takes place in the state of Texas with two electric offenses. And the Phillies look to be one of the hottest teams in the National League for a possible second straight World Series appearance. It always heats up later. It always heats up later in the in the postseason. Seven-game series, deeper pitching staffs, more players playing. So um, I expect a little bit more fireworks this time next week when we meet. But so far, not too exciting of an MLB playoffs. Yeah. AL East not- just wiped out. Crazy. Wiped out. And, and on top of that, 
the Yankees and Red Sox, their two biggest names, didn't even make the playoffs this year. Right. Yeah. So a, a very down year for the AL East. And to think that an AL Central team lasted longer than the AL East, um, you would have never thought that if you watched even 10 games this year. Yeah. I wonder if baseball, like the rest, really is not good. Um, and I'm referring literally just back to when the Tigers lost the World Series in 2005, uh, when they had like fucking two weeks off as two shitty NL teams were like the Mets and the the uh, Cardinals were duking it out for two weeks as we just chilled. Yeah, I think just because it's not as physically demanding of a game, I mean, pitchers in their arms obviously get a little tired and need rest, but for an everyday player, like, you're, you're, you're sitting probably 90 to 95% of the game. Yeah. Or standing in yeah. place, not moving should I say, for 90 to 95% of the game. But we don't have to dwell or stay on baseball. Not too much happening there right now. Do we want to take a break and play a game, boys? Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Game game time. We want it, Chandler. Feed us the game. All right, gentlemen. Welcome to our game. So you remember the game Ride the Bus, correct? Absolutely. The drinking game? The drinking game. Yeah, of course. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Well, luckily for you today, there's a bus here to pick you up. So for anyone who doesn't know the premise of the game, and if you're watching along with us here on the podcast, today what we're going to do is we are going to play Ride the Bus. And what I did is I picked out six Halloween items. And you're like, well, why'd you pick it out? Yesterday and today were Amazon Prime Days. So in my shopping spirit, I'm like, hey, what do people buy around the holidays? So I searched around local stores. I searched on Amazon. And what I want you guys to do is the first person will guess the price of the item that I have listed in the store that it's listed at. And the second person will guess if the actual price is higher or lower than what the first person guessed. Do you get it, boys? I'm in, baby. Yeah. All right. This awesome. Buzz. So can you see this, guys? This <laughs> Reese's two eight-ounce cups. So, gentlemen, this is sold on the Hershey's website, okay? And to put it in perspective... One Reese's cup is one and a half ounces. These two total a full pound or 16 ounces. So, Frank, on the Hershey site, how much does a pack of one pound Reese's cups cost? Um, I'm going to say, so each of them are a half pound. I actually think I bought this for a buddy like five years ago. Um, Inflation's our- a bitch. Our buddy. I don't remember what I paid for it though. All right. I'm gonna say the two half pound Reese's. I'm gonna what? $14.99. $14.99 in his guess. So Lou, are you gonna go higher or lower than $14.99 off the Hershey's website? I'm gonna go with lower than $14.99. And why do you think that? You know what? I'm thinking it's closer to 1099. Okay, gotcha. So Frank's guess was fourteen ninety nine. Lou guess lower. Actual retail price 
1699. Wow. As I I stated before, inflation is a bitch. You're going to learn today, boy. (laughs) You talking to yourself? Because I was fucking like two bucks off. (laughs) I got the the 99 correct. That's right. You did. That's easy. Everything's 99. No, it's Frank, not. you are up one <laughs> to nothing. Lou, you are going to guess on this next item. This next item is an October slash Halloween classic. You know what I'm talking about. Ooh. Halloween-themed Oreos. Go to your local Walmart, grab you a pack of these Halloween Oreos. It's just over a pound, 18.71 ounces. Lou. How much do you think a pack of Halloween Oreos runs you? I'm going to go with $8.99. Lou's guess is $8.99. Frank, are you going higher or lower than $8.99? We're just talking, it's a pack of Oreos, right? I mean, it's a pack of Oreos, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's uh, Halloween themed. Yeah, I'm going lower. I'm going lower. All right, Lou said eight ninety nine. You made fun of me smoking all night, but Lou, damn, brother, what are you on? Man? That is insane. Actual reason. I was I'm getting inflation, brother. Holy shit, Lou! I don't know where you're shopping, man. That's but why. That, that's why I had to ask. I'm like, this is just a fucking pack of Oreos, right? Like, I, I didn't know if they had fucking ketamine in them or something. I had to read the fine. I was like, what am I missing here? Fucking eight ninety nine. That is one hell of a guess, buddy. And know what I did notice today? They don't charge more for the Halloween pack than they do the original pack. Both were three ninety eight. Yeah. Well, okay. Good to know. I think they can up. I think they can upcharge twenty five or fifty cents on that. All right, uh, these three, next not four bucks. No, no, not <laughs> four bucks. Double the price. You buy two of those under your price because the cream is uh, fucking orange. They double the price. <laughs> All right, composure here. All right, these next two are going to be brought to you by your local. Spirit Halloween store in business for two months out of the year. Stop by, rate it, and get your end of the year sales by November 10th. What are they charging for this Lloyd costume from Dumb and Dumber? Frank, this costume includes a shirt that you can see, a jacket, pants, a cummerbund. Do you know what a cummerbund is? I I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, a cummerbund, a bow tie, a hat, and the cane. So everything you're seeing, Frank, is included outside of the shoes. Frank, what's Spirit Halloween going to charge you for this? Oh, more than they should. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to, ooh, let's go $42.99. $42.99. All right. Frank's guess is $42.99. Lou, is that higher or lower for the Lloyd costume? I think the cummerbund alone might be $42.99. <laughs> no, give me the over. I think it's closer to 60 bucks. Wow. Right. Closer to 60 bucks. $42.99 is the guess Lou has higher. Actual retail price. 
$69.99 for your Lloyd costume. And uh, you can look like this guy on the screen here. That's 70 bucks for that bagged piece of <laughs> bullshit. You're fucking, you are better off just going to a thrift shop and finding an orange fucking suit. Like, hey, we, we're providing value for our, our, our listeners here. That's 70 it, that's skins? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. He's back. All right. We're halfway home on the competition. Frank two, Lou one. Lou gets the first guess here. Again. From Spirit Halloween, Lou, they found a picture of you in this costume. A Donkey <laughs> Kong outfit. This Donkey Kong outfit includes a polyester jumpsuit, the tie, and of course, the headpiece. Lou, how much is Spirit Halloween going to get you for the Donkey Kong costume? I think this one's going to be closer to about 40 bucks. I'm going to say 39.99. All right, 39.99 for the Donkey Kong costume. Frank, over or under 39.99. After what just happened to me with Lloyd, there's no way this is less than that. It's got to be over 39.99. It's got to be. It's over. I'm not, it's Oh man. <laughs> Actual retail price of Donkey Kong is holy hell, ninety nine. So Lou was seventy percent or sixty percent off this one, and a hundred percent off his first guess. I couldn't believe. Yeah, we learned that the other one was like a lot more shit, so it would be more. This is like just one suit. I was just surprised that you, like, basically guessed what I guessed for the first one, and then we realized Spirit Halloween prices are a lot higher, and then we got shown another Spirit Halloween costume, and you just... Trying to big brain you. (laughs) (laughs) Had to big brain you. Damn, no love for Donkey Kong. Yeah, wow. not, Not at all. All right, we now set our sights on our local hardware store, and by local, I mean... The biggest national brand, Home Depot. (laughs) Home Depot is offering an indoor-outdoor decoration of a 12-foot skeleton. It features LCD eyes. It's timed to be on six hours per day, and it can be used by battery or plug-in. So, Frank, how much is Home Depot charging you for a 12-foot skeleton? Um... You know, before I guess the price, I think it's insane that that's also an indoor, you know, I guess you you got 14 foot ceilings, I guess. Yeah. Fucking put the bone man in your living room. But you guys see the guy in Macomb who put the three foot bone in between his legs and the neighbors were calling the cops. (laughs) Was it you? (laughs) All right. For bone man. Uh, I'm gonna say Bone Man is three forty nine ninety nine, three hundred forty nine dollars ninety nine cents. So Frank's guess is three forty nine ninety nine. Um, this is a popular trend on social media right now, hence why I wanted to look up the price. Lou is Bone Man, as Frank would refer to him, higher or lower than three forty nine ninety nine? You said it was twelve foot tall. 12 feet. I'm going to go with... I'm going to calculate there. <laughs> I think it's... 
I'm gonna guess it's like 300 bucks, so I'm gonna go a little bit lower. All right, actual retail price is $299.99. Boom, <laughs> right on there, and he sniffs it out, gets it to three to two, uh. going to the last question. So I had to think of another decoration. And when you go to Home Depot, they don't have too many. So drive down the street and go to your local party city where you can pick up a light-up Jack Skellington from the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's inflatable. It's seven and a half feet by nine and a half feet. And he has his little pumpkins in front of him. So an inflatable Jack Skellington, key clue for this one, is currently on sale at Party City. Lou, give me the on-sale price for this Jack Skellington. The on-sale price, I'm going to go with, give me, a, I'll say $149.99. All right. Lou goes $149.99. Frank, is it higher or lower than $149.99? This is the Bone Daddy. That's actually his nickname. Jack Skellington is Bone Daddy. So we had Bone Man, now we have Bone Daddy. Uh, this is like one of my favorite animated movies. I don't want to get this wrong. I don't think he's that expensive, especially on sale. It's mostly just, a, it's like a fucking inflatable. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go less. I'm going to go under. Under for on sale Jack Skellington. Bone Daddy, help me out for the win. All right. So Lou guessed $149.99. Frank took the under. $149.99. Actual retail price on sale price at Party City is $150. Real. <laughs> Bow to your sensei. So it is one cent off. We are at 3 3. I can't believe we're going to end this at a tie. Oh, wait. I was prepared. So now nice. we're going with the curveball. All right. Pizzo throws this two is... absolute darts to tie. <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm a after fourth saying, quarter player. After saying Oreos were like $59.99, three payments worth, like <laughs> he fucking just threads the needle on these two ridiculous statue type things. Mind blowing. <laughs> 40 bucks. <laughs> Oreos were like installment payments. I'm a second half player. <laughs> All right, but hey, can you finish the game? The tiebreaker has Unreal. nothing to do with Halloween. Boys, it was 63 cents per gallon in 1991. What is the price of the average gallon of gas in the state of Michigan as of yesterday? Both of you are going to guess this. Frank, you're going to be first. Closer one wins. Fuck. Uh, mm, got gas today. Can't. <laughs> Good luck. This is average. An average look. across the state. I'm going to say, oh, this is ridiculous. I like literally don't know at all. Uh, I'm going to say 379 a gallon. 379 a gallon. Lou, what is your guess for the price oh. of an average gallon of gas in the state of Michigan? I'm going to say 355. Average price of a gallon of gas in Michigan as of yesterday was $3.99. Frank takes it down by guessing 379 and is the winner 
of riding the bus. Congratulations, Frank. Thank you. I uh, I almost feel like I don't deserve it. I got to be honest. Pizzo guessed the cooler items. Like if I were to pick the items I wish I got correct, it would have been Bone Man and Bone Daddy. Instead, uh, you, got, of got, you got the Reese's, bro. Don't worry. Yeah, cool. I got the fucking orange Oreos and a gallon of gas. Like I'm such a, I'm a fucking loser, dude. Like I don't care. Frank's watching commodity trading during uh, the day. Dude. Good game, Chandler. Good work. That was a great game. That was awesome. Nice work. Yeah. Well, price is right. Well, price is right. We'll have to put the music, have to lay the music in. Oh, um, yeah, of course. We, we can lay it out, though, right now. Yeah. Ta -da, ta -da. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough. Uh, all right. <laughs> Good shit. All right. Let's um, look ahead. NFL, week six, back to sports. Fun and games are over. Back to business. Handle your business. I don't know what I was trying to. I don't know what I was going for there. <laughs> bin um, bin bin bin. <laughs> All right. Detroit heading into Tampa Bay. Weirdly enough, this is America's game of the week. Um, and we're going to get into more of uh, the other games this week. And it actually kind of makes sense once you look at it. Um, but yeah, headed to Tampa Bay, the surprise leader of the division. But if you ask Channy Football, not a surprise at all. He has the Bucks. Winning that division. Baker's got a little bit of his confidence back. We're on the road. You know, Bucks are a home dog coming off a bye week. You know, I think it's a game the Lions should win. But to me, this is a true test of an NFL game, if you will. If you want to be a good team, you got to go on the road and beat a team that isn't bad, but that you should beat. This will be a tough test. I think the Bucks are going to give the Lions all they can handle. Um, the line right now is minus three. I think the lions are going to cover this, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to a couple of mistakes. And for me personally, uh, I just think it's going to be a close game, maybe a one possession game either way. And Baker's going to make a big mistake. Um, I just think they're going to make the first big mistake and that's going to be the difference in the game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the and, and you know what? Tampa's rocking the creamsicle jerseys. Oh, so that's right. They're rocking the creamers. Oh. Um, never, never like that. And uh, and yeah, I mean Baker's Baker's been playing some good ball, but you know what? The Bucks can't run the football. They, I think their running back Rashad White has about 206 yards over the last five games. We are absolutely dominating in the trenches on the defensive line. Get Baker. On the move, don't let him sit in the pocket, double up Mike Evans, and let the rest just fall into place. Yeah, and it's funny. It's a road game, but I almost feel like it's a home away from home game because we seem to play the Buccaneers every year, and I feel like every time we play them, we're playing them in Tampa Bay, and I'm seeing 10 people that I know that are going to the game. And when they pan the crowd, it's like a third Honolulu blue. So it's almost a home away from home game this week. Um, I, I think it's a low scoring game. Uh, Tampa Bay has a top 10 defense, has a bottom 10 offense. Our uh, defense has been playing well. Our offense has been a little banged up. So I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Frank, I tend to agree with kind of your game script where it's going to be one or two big mistakes by one of the teams that's going to cost them. At the end of the day, I think one thing to watch and to keep an eye on, Mike Evans didn't practice today. He practiced limited yesterday. 
Don't know if he'll be back from his hamstring problem yet. If not, huge loss for Tampa Bay. Um, but I'm just going to say this, and I, I said it last Sunday when we did our podcast, like, I'm just confident. Like, I'm just going into these games thinking not only that we're going to win, but that we're physically going to dominate these other teams because we play a style of football that not many teams play in the current NFL, which is ground and pound, smash mouth, control the clock. And it's it's almost like a curveball for most teams. Um, so I'm very confident. I don't know. This team goes on the road. They go home. They beat good teams. They kill bad teams. I'm just confident that they're going to come out with a victory, albeit I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game throughout the game. Yep, and and kind of to reiterate what you said about the fans being there and, and almost being like a home game, I mean, that's a snowbird central spot from people that go from Michigan down to Florida. There's going to be a ton of Michiganders at that game. Just keep doing what we're doing. Keep pounding the ball with Montgomery. <laughs> set up the play action, get the deep ball going. You got guys like Josh Reynolds step, stepping up. He's got three touchdowns this season. I mean, he's fifth in the NFL, almost 300 yards. Keep using Laporta. Just don't change anything up. We scored six touchdowns last game. Just fire on all cylinders, dominate the trenches. There's no reason we don't come out of Tampa Bay with another win. Yeah, I mean, if we can get if we can get Baker running in circles, I mean, if Hutch is chasing him around all day, he'll make a mistake. And I actually didn't know that about Mike Evans, Channy. And if Mike Evans is out, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that line jumped up to to six. I could see it doubling without Mike Evans. Um, he's their number one playmaker. He's the absolute bailout. Um, that's the only matchup I don't really like in this. But um, if Cam Sutton's on him. I think we'll be all right. Cam, man, you don't hear much about him, and I love that. Like, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. They don't they, – there aren't a lot of highlights on him. They don't show a lot of him, but that's mostly because – like, I remember the one time he was on camera. He got, like, a PI. He got, like, a defensive holding. It's been his only, like, mistake of the year, I feel like. So, um, you're right, though. I feel good. I feel confident. I think I'm just – Sometimes I'm treading a little lightly because it feels almost too good to be true, but this should be a full-on business trip. Get down there, smack Baker around, come back home, or and then get ready for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, my, we said it two weeks ago. We said if we get past Green Bay, it kind of opens up for a schedule that's in our favor until our bye week. And you just start stacking wins together. We're already 4-1, and one, first time since Kevin McAllister was pulling pranks on Pesci. <laughs> Um, and now we're, 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 we're at a position where I'm looking and I'm like, we win this game. Okay. We're five and one. And then we got Baltimore who's looked underwhelming and then Vegas who's not at good. Home. I mean, we are in the midst of a season that could be, and I know we've said this a lot, but this could be like a, a franchise best season, a most wins in franchise history season, a raise the banner type season because you won the NFC North or will win the NFC North. Um, But it's one of those things where you also have to stay in the moment and realize Tampa Bay's got a good defense. They're coming off a bye week. Always makes me a little nervous in the NFL when a team's sitting at home waiting for you with two weeks preparation. Um, But again, this is a different team. I think we have a different level of physicality. Tampa Bay has not seen a team like us. I know they played the Eagles, 
but I think we're even as physical, if not a little more physical on the offensive line in the run game than the Eagles. Um, I, I think we beat them, and I think we beat them by about a possession. Yeah, Did that's you guys hear at all if uh, if Gibbs or St. Brown are suiting up for this one yet? I, I still see him as questionable, but I haven't heard any like confirmed yes or no's. I'll speak on St. Brown. I know he is supposed to be playing. I cannot speak on Gibbs because I haven't heard much one way or the other. Um, Aminra, I think, is going to be playing just based on everything I've read. Same, Actually, the same report that Cherney has. Exact same thing. That's exactly what I've got. <laughs> Check. Um, I want to shout out Aminra real quick, though. So last night, I got invited to like a charity bowling event in Roseville, like very pure Michigan event. Um, and they were raffling off all this stuff. And Amon Ra was there. And I mean, dude, we're, you know, we're in a bowling alley in Roseville and like he's in the back room and the line to take pictures with him, they're just churning people in and out to take pictures with him. And he's the man. I mean, he truly is the man. He's got a game this week. He's dealing with an injury and he is at a bowling alley in suburban Michigan, shaking everyone's hand, taking pictures with everybody. You know, he chatted with me for a hot minute. Just a super awesome guy. Uh, I sent him a DM this morning and just said, like, you know, dude, that's the the fans here really appreciate you showing up for them. And, you know, he gave a response like, absolutely, you know, I love to do it. Or, like, you already know I'll, I'll be there for the fans. He rocks. And I just wanted to shout uh, him out because uh, I thought it was just a really cool thing to do. Yeah, that's awesome. And I second that, Frank, too. I mean, I ran into him this summer with a couple buddies in Birmingham and like we didn't want to fanboy out at the bar or like, you know, do that whole thing. But he was like beyond cool, talked to us, chatted it up, took a quick picture with us, like just a fucking good dude, like 100 percent. The city's behind you. Go fucking ball out, brother. Yeah, we love the way you play. And I was just thinking today, like random thought, like that when that contract comes up, that's we're gonna back. We're gonna have to back up the Brinks truck for that guy. He rocks. Amen. Yeah, he's like a uh, Detroit athlete, like one of those traditional yeah. ones where he's just like tough. He goes about his business. He's out about the community. Um, he's just one of those like no bullshit, no excuse guys. Works hard. You look at every great athlete in this town. Like it seems like they took on that personality, and he seems to have that personality. He's not taking it on. He came here with that type of chip on his shoulder and or personality. Yeah, he rocks. He rocks. So he's going to come back this week. He's going to be rested, ready to go. Lions win. I got 24-19 Lions over Bucks. I'm going to go with 20-13 to 13 in a very low-scoring game. I'm going to go 26 Lions, 10 Buccaneers 26 to 10 in the Lions cover and move their against the spread to five and one on the season. Let's fucking go. Um, okay, cool. Uh, I'm just checking the notes here, Channing. I see you, you, we have uh what do you make of uh, the JMO slander? Um, so are people just, are you seeing people drag him and stuff on, on Twitter? Like, what are you talking about specifically here? Yeah. I mean, I, obviously listen to sports radio at times during the day and a lot of people are calling in and saying he alligator it's like there's no in the middle like there's not that many people that are like um I'm a little concerned but he also needs more time 
it's like he's either a bust or like you have to give him two more years before you can call him a bust. Like there's no medium to where like, okay, give him three or four weeks and then maybe we can determine he's a bust. But I think it's a little unfair because he did not catch that ball. Um, but how much football has the guy played? Like, I understand if he's screwing up in formations or if he doesn't know where he needs to be or what routes he's running, that's when you can get on him because he had all the time to be in the playbook this these past three, four weeks. But to alligator arm a catcher, to drop a ball, I mean, that's just going to happen. I, I hate, you know, I know he's been underwhelming in his career, but I just think it's a little unfair with him right now. Give him time. All of his teammates seem to have his back publicly and have come out and said how special he is and what he's doing behind closed doors. They support him. He made the block like we talked about on Sunday to spring Montgomery for the first touchdown. Like, okay, he alligator arm and catch. That's going to happen for basically a rookie in the league. You're going to have multiple of those in a season. Someone commented on, because I posted him dropping that ball uh, or letting it go right through his hands or whatever. And someone actually commented if he catches that, he enters the shadow realm, a.k.a. like he was about to get absolutely like lit up, which he, which he kind of was. Like, I mean, he was hung out to dry a little bit there. Um, I didn't like how it went through his hands, but like, I just think right now we're four and one. We don't need him. I mean, it's not, it's not like we, we don't need him. We want him to be great. We want him to do stuff, but if we're losing games cause he's supposed to be our number one guy and he's dropping balls and he's not playing, I mean, sure. Get all mad at him. But right now, like we're four and one, like we're winning games. Like I'm glad he's, lining up in the right spots and throwing blocks when he needs to. Sure. I'd like him to, to rip it, but uh, we just won last week with, you know, without Amon Ross St. Brown, without Jameer Gibbs, without Brian branch, like it's a whole team effort. Uh, I'm not going to really zero in on JMO too hard right now um, until it's, you know, we like absolutely need him. So let me ask you this. So, and you kind of said it in the last sentence there, but, we don't need him now, and I agree with it. We're going to beat teams that are below par without him. Do you believe for us to contend with the Eagles and or the Niners, we need him and or a, a receiver outside of this current roster to either step up or join the team? Uh, not necessarily, no. Um, we beat Kansas City in Arrowhead um, with the receiving core we have and without J-Mo. Uh, We've won big games with the guys that we have. Does it sound nice to go and trade for Mike Williams? Does it sound nice for J-Mo to bust out and be a superstar? Absolutely. But have you guys noticed a glaring need and hole in this team with the wide receiving core that's been trotted out there each and every week with J-Mo, without J-Mo, with Amon Ra, without uh, whatever, uh, if Laporta's starting, if one of the other tight ends is in there? I haven't seen an issue. I don't see this glaring hole where it's like the lions last year. It's like, Jesus, this secondary is a nightmare and you just can't trust them or whatever, you know, a year or two years ago. Um, I don't see it as a major hole. So no, I guess that's a long way of just saying like, I'm not each week, like, man, we got to figure out the receiver position. I'm with you, Frank. I, I agree for sure. Like and when you're running the ball, like we are, you don't need another top end receiver to be out there catching the rock. Like, obviously if he comes back and he's in full swing, like it's only going to help push us forward. 
do we need St. Brown to be healthy in the lineup every week for us to beat those teams? Absolutely, right? But I don't think we need to go out and get anyone else, and I don't think we're, like, relying on J-Mo to get to his full potential right here, right now to beat those top teams. Yeah, and, and for me, I just, I just kind of think people are – they get bored with what the Lions – are sometimes like no one's tired tired of winning i'm not saying that but like golf is truly like the most boring quarterback in the nfl and it's a beautiful thing because he doesn't take crazy risks he doesn't do like he takes care of the ball um he's not outspoken like he is just kind of boring he's like jared goff like who can't run that well but puts the ball where he needs to and then like our weapons you know it's like Josh Reynolds, uh, not that exciting, but solid as all hell. I mean, people, David Montgomery is just a very good running back, but he's not flashy or exciting. Um, and I just, I kind of feel like that's just people saying like, we need like this Tyreek Hill or this jackknife of crazy explosiveness. That's why people are mad that JMO is not popping and Jameer is not popping, but it's like, I don't know. We're just kind of steady Eddie and I'm very okay with it. And it, and it sure as hell helps that you got Laporta in the fold um, because if he's going to be one of those top five tight ends like he's shown through five weeks, um, you really don't need a, a big-time number two. Kansas City's done it for years between Tyreek and Kelsey or Kelsey and whatever number one they have. If you have a high-end tight end, that can mask having to have a really high-end number two receiver. Yeah. And even Laporta, as great as he's been, I, I don't feel like he's some flashy, like Gronkowski, Kelsey monster. Like, I think he just gets open and catches the ball. Uh, and Ben Johnson finds ways to open him up. And that's why I think he's been great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, cool. Well, let's. All right, we got like the last 15 of the show. Let's look ahead uh, at some games that you guys are looking forward to this week. We'll make some betting picks, and then we'll do our over-under and call it uh, the midweek show. So what is on your radar for week six NFL? I want it to all slow down. I can't believe it's already week six. Not much. This is one of the worst weeks I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. I was going to say, this should be a quick segment. That's what I was going to say because I'm not looking forward to really anything this week. Can we stop with the London games every week? Like, it wears off. It's the same thing with Thursday night football. Like, yes, I love Thursday night football, but when the games are so shitty, it makes me (laughs) not want to watch Thursday night football. It's the same thing with getting up on Sunday morning and watching a London game. If they're just shitty games, I don't want to watch them all the time. So stop with the London games every week, first and foremost. And secondly, I agree with Lou. I mean, I look, Lions-Bucks, at least during the day slate, the ones and the fours, is by far the best game next week. Monday night, good game. Cowboys at Chargers, two good offenses. I'd like to see that one. And then my last one, I'm still holding out for them. You know, Seahawks at Bengals. I think that's going to be a good game. And that's probably your one o'clock game that you circle and say that gets the most coverage on red zone. Yes, without a doubt. Seahawks, everything you said, those are all the games I'm looking at. But the craziest thing is I don't know if I've seen 
a heavier uh first to worse varsity play in the JV matchups than I've than that are taking place this week. Uh Broncos, dumpster fire going into Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Holy shit. Another uh, shitty Thursday game too. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you have the Panthers going into the defeated Panthers going into Miami to play the Dolphins. Like it's it's horrible that these teams are even playing each other and then the fact that the good team is at home is even more insane. Uh, Sunday night football, the Giants again. You got I know. to be kidding me. Stop <laughs> putting the Giants on fucking primetime, please. Playing at Buffalo with Buffalo coming home angry from London off a loss. I mean, and then if you really, then like the tier two of like good team, shitty team is the Eagles go in to play the Jets. And then you have San Fran going to play the Browns. Not as shitty as those first three, but like, Man, there is just some good teams playing some fucking bad teams this weekend. And, and we obviously don't know the status of Deshaun Watson yet, but if he does play and if he's healthy, I think that could be a tougher game for San Francisco than they think. Brown's defense underrated has been this year. Um, I don't think the weather's supposed to be nice there, um, so it could be somewhat of a sloppy game. So big if, but if Deshaun Watson plays, I expect that to be a sneaky, good, closer game. I am going to just disagree with you, Chandler. Uh, I just think Deshaun or what is it? PJ Walker is the backup or whatever. I just, I don't PJ. think the Browns, are, I don't think the Browns are going to be able to move the, the ball a yard. That's, that's where my head's at. And it may be tough for San Fran, but I think if that's the case, you're, it's just going to be one of those slow, you know, like 20 to three burns type deal. I just, the I don't see the Browns moving the ball on San Fran, but that's, that's one of those lines that you look at and you're like only seven. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. West yep. coast team at, at one o'clock too. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that. That being said, I'm hammering San Fran. I already have. <laughs> I've, already, I've already taken them like four different ways. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> and I hate the Browns. Um, cool. So that's what we're looking at. Um, just as far as as games go, uh, being played. Uh, and okay, so let's do let's do some picks, eh? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. All right, anyone want to lead off? I'll take the. I'll go I'll first. Take the right. oh, go All ahead. Right, go ahead. No, Lou, you go ahead, buddy. Okay. All right, wow. buddy boy. So Jesus. we got – I'm going to go down, down, down to Jacksonville, Florida, the London of the United States. Uh, <laughs> the Jags coming back from a two-week trip in London, uh, playing against Indy, who is absolutely banged up. I'm going to go big brain here. Over-under is at 45. I am going to jam the under – of the Colts at Jacksonville. We got jet lag. We got no AR-15. Give me the under. What's the number? 45. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So I did some research, and you guys are going to be like, you're a slappy. You just want to. You just want your team to win. You just want them to get back on track. Well, yeah, I do. That's part of the reason I'm taking the pick. And the other part of the reason is I think they're going to beat the shit out of the Seahawks. I'm taking Bengals minus three at home against the Seahawks. Why am I taking it? Seattle has only played games in the Eastern time zone 
since week one. They've been on the road in the Eastern time zone since September 10th. That's been a month. This is their fourth straight game on the road. They are tired. They're either jet lagged or they've been away from home for a while, depending on their schedule. The Bengals seem to have gotten a little bit in rhythm last week with the Burrow Chase connection reconnecting. They come back home. I think they find some footing. I think they right the ship. And I just think the Seahawks are going to be tired. Give me Bengals minus three at home against Seattle. Chandler, you know, normally your reasoning is spot on. You do your facts. You check them. You're crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Tell me how the team coming off a bye week is going to be tired. That's what I got to know. I got to know because I'm eyeing the Seahawks in this game. I'm not going to pick against you. But if you put a gun to my head, I'm pulling trigger on the Seahawks because they're not tired at all coming off a of bye week unless they were just hanging out in the Midwest for, you know, that whole week. Four straight games in the Eastern time zone. It's going to fuck with you. And that might even fuck with you more <laughs> if you're staying on the West Coast this week because of the time change. Wow, that's – all right, I'm proud of that. That's big brain. That might It might fuck with you more if you went home. I like that. Okay, fine, fine. All right, my pick this week, I was already toting them, already saying it. Um, I don't care who's at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I know they're coming off a bye. I don't care how rested they are. What I saw San Fran do to Dallas last week, I know this is an up-and-down league and you can't trust week after week, but right now I'm just keeping it simple. I think San Fran (laughs) rolls the Cleveland Browns in their own barn, whether it's a slow burn or a quick massacre. I don't think the Browns are at the caliber of the San Francisco 49ers. Give me the Niners minus seven. All right, back to your boy. Back to back to you. I am going to go with a pretty easy fucking game here. I'm not going <laughs> to overthink it. Carolina is a bad fucking team, boys. Bryce Young got eaten alive. They're going into Miami's den, playing in the Sunshine State. I love the sunshine. I love the sunshine state. Jacksonville, <laughs> Miami, Tampa Bay, fuck them. But give me the fucking Miami Dolphins minus 13 and a half at home wow. all day against the Carolina Panthers. That team does not have a pulse. You want to talk about a team, a franchise, and a player who doesn't have a pulse? Look no further than the Vegas Strip this week. When the New England gutless Patriots make their way into Las Vegas, Mac Jones stinks. If this guy makes it through halftime, I'll be absolutely shocked. I will be absolutely shocked. 0-13 in his last 13 games when they were the underdogs. This guy has no guts in him. He has no clutch gene. He has no ability to be a starting quarterback in this league. And do we forget how they lost last year against the Patriots? They threw the ball backwards on the last play, and the Raiders took it to the house. PTSD, Jacoby Myers is on the Raiders this year. He's going to have a good game for them. Josh McDaniels exacts some revenge on his old head coach, Bill Belichick. Give me the Raiders minus three at home against the gutless Patriots. 
Uh, that's a great pick. Wasn't it Jacoby Myers who threw it backwards too? That's who yes, did it, it was. right? Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. You guys got to jam him anytime, right? <laughs> I mean, yes. The guy actually at heart was always a Raider. Like, even in New England, he wanted <laughs> to help the Raiders out. That's unbelievable, dude. I like that pick a lot. I'm going to ride that one with you. I like that pick. Um, I never liked the Raiders for anything, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't put together all the whole revenge thing. That's pretty good. And the Patriots are their ass. Guns, if you will. Okay. I am chalk McGinty this week. Chalk it up. Chalk man. All right. I kind of ran into a wall there, but I am going, I am going to keep it on the East coast or I'm going to head to the East coast here. I got the Eagles taking on the jets. The line is big, which originally scared me. And then I big brain myself and said, it's so big because it's going to happen. Um, and the reason the Eagles are going to cover minus seven versus the jets this week, Eagles are undefeated, but they don't look like they've been playing their best ball. The Jets are a little, you know, a little spunky. They got a good defense. But when push comes to shove, that Eagles defensive line is going to get to Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is going to poop down his leg. And he's not going to know what to do, and they're going to make them have to throw the ball. And I don't see Zach Wilson surviving whatsoever when it comes to Jalen Carter and that Eagles defensive line. So Eagles keep rolling. Steady Eddie, minus seven. Eagles beat the Jets. Um, and we ask again next week, when are they going to make a move at quarterback? Or are they just going to hope Aaron Rodgers keeps posting Instagram videos about his recovery? The so I got Fizz, two minus seven favorites. The Fizz crew is just chomping down chalk this week. Five <laughs> favorites and one. Oh, no, you picked an under. At least we have an under in there. Yeah. But five favorites out of our six picks, and the only other one was an under, not even an underdog. Um, I will say this, guys. I saw last week six out of the seven highest bet teams in Vegas actually covered. So this might be a good week to fade the public because the public was six and one on their seven favorite bets last week. Hey, we spent a lot of good team, bad it. team. All right, let's close it with over, under, our picks are in, over, under, Jerry sent them. Appreciate that, Jer, as always. Um, Jerry sent the note here, LGRW, Hornies drop one, damn. But they still hot the top going dogs, didn't they? Yeah, it looks yeah. like they lost the top dog game. I want a little more info, Jerry, if you're listening, which you should be. I'm sure you are. Give me a score next time. Give me a little more. But the Hornies are drop one, but are hot going into playoffs. So love hearing that. Love that. All right, number one, Channy Football leading off with you. Uh, Dylan, is it Dennis? Dylan Dennis yeah. versus Logan Paul fight. Over or underrated? Um, I mean, I've always said it. The Pauls are great entertainers, and they can market and or hype up a fight. This is nowhere near my radar, though. I'm going to go overrated. Um, I'm not interested in this one. Doesn't really do anything for me. I won't be tuning in. Overrated. Lou. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't do anything for me either. I actually hate both of them. So uh, if they could both punch each other and knock each other out at the same time, then that would be best case <laughs> scenario. Uh, overrated. 
Yep, I'm with you guys. Uh, I don't know who that Dylan guy is at all. Uh, this sounds like a big uh, internet fight, which, you know, I don't care how old that He's makes like me He's like a sound. Conor McGregor, like, fanboy trainer. Okay, cool. Um, Logan Paul is nothing I'm interested in whatsoever. Uh, overrated. Moving on. Uh, Lou, over underrated. Stickers on your car. Stickers on your car. That's how I spot people that I know don't know how to drive. If you have over four and a half stickers on your car, if you're four or under, you can probably still get behind the wheel and be okay. Over that, you are a terrible driver. I can already tell by looking at the sticker selection. Stickers on the car are overrated. Do not put stickers on your car. Yep, I totally agree. I don't have any stickers on my car. Um I don't know, something, you know, I mean, even like a wing sticker, like maybe or something, like a team, but I don't even need to do that. Like get the license plate, I guess, if you really want something on the car. Uh, I think it's overrated as well. Um, yeah, overrated. Even though, Lou, I know you have a coexist bumper sticker on your car. <laughs> I, this is one of my pet peeves. Like if you're over 21 uh -oh. and have any stickers on your car that aren't supporting your kids or proud of your kids, get out of here. My best friend has four paws. Like, you really need to put that on your car. Like, I, I can't stand it. You either have a Subaru or a Toyota if you've got stickers on your car. Get them off. Grow up. Overrated. Fucking tell Stickers, dude. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> um, number three, me. Amazon Prime Days. Um, Amazon Prime Days are are great. I'll say they're underrated. Things are just cheaper. Um, I'm, there's probably like a deeper answer to this about how like workers aren't treated right and small business. I'm sure Channy will lecture me on. But uh, for me, the prices are cheaper and the shit shows up fast. Pretty good. Underrated. So according to the Harvard Business School study from 1997, <laughs> yeah. when Amazon came out, um, yeah, no. I'm not a big Amazon guy um, myself. Obviously, the, the deals are cool. But for me personally, I never take advantage of them um, because I don't really buy a lot of things in general. So I'm going to say they are overrated because I'm not an online shopper and I'm not a frequent shopper. I'll go with underrated as well. You always see some cool shit on there that like you didn't think you need and you end up buying it. Um, and, and you always get some pretty fucking sweet deals. So I will go with underrated. Um, back to Channy, right? Yes, sir. Number four, those massage chairs at malls and airports. Um, at the mall or the airport specifically, or those chairs in general? So I I'm can only going to read say the words he wrote. I'm not I'm not sitting at those in an airport or a mall. I'll tell you that much. So if that's the case, I'm going to say that it is overrated. And I don't even love them anyway. It's like they lump some rocks in there and are like just dragging them down. It always like hits right on my spine, not the muscles. So I'm going to say those are overrated. Is it me? Yeah. Can you imagine the fucking slime? and gutter trash that are sitting in those in the airport and mall. Absolutely not. Those are overrated. You sit in one of those, you have sweat, staph infection, on contact. No thanks. Overrated. 
Sweat and staff, just the way I like it. Um, yeah, dude, those are overrated. Like, what? Like, who needs to relax so bad <laughs> that they strap themselves, they pop their fucking debit card <laughs> in, an air, in an airport chair and let that thing roll all over their body? Like, who... Who needs to relax that bad, dude? Just fucking lay on the bench for a little bit. Like, it's just, it's it's asinine. It's insane. It's not a luxury. It's not a treat. No, dude. Fuck that. Overrated. Those things are awful. They're awful. Uh, let Who's me digest my Leo's Cody <laughs> Island in a massage. <laughs> dude. Yeah, let me pick up my airbrush t-shirt from the middle of the mall and then fucking relax with that. Like, just go home. Just fucking go home. Lay on the couch, dude. You don't need that chair. <laughs> so shitty. All right, last one on the list. Um, number five, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Lou. After what he said about our boy JG, until that comment, I loved Fitzpatrick. thought he was hilarious. Great on air set. Always had like some funny swag going on until he crossed the line and threw JG under the bus. Since he did that, overrated. Fuck you, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I just feel like they decided, like media decided Fitzpatrick was like cool, like really cool now. And, and he's like kind of getting a little overexposed a little bit. Uh, and exactly what you said, crossed the line with JG. So. Fitzy, you're overrated. Uh, but I mean, when you wore the chains after that Bucks win when you were Fitz Magic, like that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Of course, hated the comments about Jared Goff. Journeyman, though, respected him, and he's a he's a fellow Harvard guy. Me and him have a lot That's of right. <laughs> so with that, I'm gonna have to see Ryan Fitzpatrick is underrated. All right, fair points. That is episode 122 of The Fizz. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you haven't caught on yet, we're doing this twice a week now. So make sure you're listening to all the epis. Send them to friends and family. That's the biggest favor you could ever do for us. Uh, you know, Tell them this is your Detroit sports, whatever you want to call this podcast. Send it along. Tell people you're listening. We appreciate that. We also appreciate five-star reviews on itunes and spotify or apple Podcasts, whatever it is um check us out on youtube as well if you haven't done that don't forget to follow the socials and uh once again we appreciate you guys and we will see you on monday morning i keep saying see you next week which i guess is technically next week but we're doing it twice so we'll see you in a few days see you <laughs> in a few days peace go lions see you